I'm Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund. Spring football just around the corner. It will be starting on April 3rd, which is Wednesday. We will break down every position for football prior to spring football, so you'll have a good idea. We'll have written write-ups, but we want to do these Dogman radios. We can talk a little bit longer, be a little bit more in-depth, also give you something to listen to in your car on the way to work, on your commute, or just when you're doing stuff around the house. Just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates and breaking news alerts, Shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter, and we will get you handles. Today, we are talking about linebackers inside, outside bucks, and we will talk about all of those guys. And the first guy we want to talk about, Scott, is a guy who is really highly touted coming out of high school, and it's a guy who really started to come on last year, and he will be the replacement for Ben Burke-Curvin. And I actually think he's going to have a pretty good year, and that's the talk around the program, too, and that's Brandon Wellington. Yeah, you know, he was hurt most of the year last year. It took a little while to get on the field, but once he did, he really had an impact. Six foot, 222 pounds, so he's a little bit bigger uh, than Washington had in Ben Burkirvin. I know I know, uh, Ben Burkirvin is roughly the same size, but Wellington carries a little bit differently. And uh, just real physical presence when he wants to, when he knows what he's doing, getting out there and, and doing his thing. He might not have quite the uh, grasp of the defense as, as Ben Burkirvin had. And um, that's something that we'll have to keep an eye on how he gets it and everything like that. But <clears throat> as far as his abilities as a as a linebacker and a tackler, he's definitely a guy who could have an impact this fall. A guy who's been hurt quite a bit, but when he's on the field, he sure seems to play well. And that's DJ Beavers. Yeah, uh, Beavers is a guy that I really liked uh, a lot um, heading into the season. He brings a real physical presence when he's on the field. Uh, definitely a tone setter for the Huskies. When he and Ben Burke-Curvin were in there, I think that was their best inside linebacker tandem uh, that they had last season. And and then uh, he ends up missing half of the season, uh, comes back, looks pretty good in his in his time back, and then... Now I, I couldn't remember when I was when I was doing my research if he blew his Achilles or if he tore his knee, but one of the two, he he had a significant injury, leg injury, uh, in the Rose Bowl. What I think it was probably second quarter or something like that, and uh, um, was lost for the rest of that game, obviously. And there, he's not supposed to participate this spring, but the hope is that he can come back and at least be a guy who could be a depth player uh, this fall. He's he's an emotional leader. He's a guy who could play uh, special teams or as a inside linebacker so Washington would like to get him back on the field if they can. One of the guys uh, at inside linebacker who didn't do a lot early in his career but I think his growth is really starting to take off a little bit and we're starting to see more and more out of Kyler Manu. Yeah he's played a real significant role all season for the Huskies as a, as a backup linebacker and uh, I thought he acquitted himself pretty well you know he he's not going to be a guy who's going to blow you away with his athleticism he's not going to make a lot of big time plays he's just going to be solid he's going to be uh, assignment sound as they like to call it where he knows where he's supposed to go and what he's supposed to do but you know he's he's more of a depth guy he's not going to push for a starting position in my opinion if he is starting that means they've had some significant injuries at the position I, I think you'll see some other guys that we're going to talk about in a second kind of jump him but he's a great special teams guy and I think a, a good locker room guy and the, and the Huskies really like having him around. Jackson Sermon, a guy that um, I, I don't think he's a guy that's going to flash and just be all flashy and wow, but just a really very, very solid, very, very intelligent uh, football player coming from a football background. But I'm expecting Jackson Sermon to play quite a bit this year. 
when you talk about football royalty in the state of Washington, the last name Sermon is right at the top of the list. You know, you have the Metcalfs, and then you have the Sermons, man. You know, those guys, and the Lockers, and, and then you have the Sermons, you know. And uh, Sermon is, you know, Jackson Sermon is a is a big guy. He's about 6'2", 6'3", 225 pounds. Um, I think he's a guy who we're, we've kind of separated these groups up into inside linebackers and outside linebackers. And I think Jackson Sermon's a guy who could kind of rotate between the two. I think he's that athletic. I think he's athletic enough to play outside, play some, play in some coverage. Cause he's pretty smart about the way he, he handles coverage responsibilities. And, but he's also really good in the middle. So um, Washington got him on the field in, I think at least three games, it might've been all four games that he could play without burning his red shirt last season. I think he's going to be a guy that fans need to keep an eye on. And he could be, be the, surprise starter um, at one of those inside linebacker spots this coming uh, fall. Yeah, the thing I like about Jackson Sermon is whenever they're playing you know, contact or drills or anything like that, he's not around the pile. He always seems to be in the pile. Yeah, he's in the pile. He, he's the first guy to the ball, typically. You know, coach's son grew up in that, that you know, football family and, and just has those football smarts that are just in, instinctive for him. They're, it's not something he learned. He just knows it and he knows where to be and how to position himself and do all those things special player guy that we're going to get a chance to see a lot more of is a guy that we keep on hearing the coaches talk about we keep on hearing the players talk about and it's going to be real fun to take a look at how mj tafisi has developed and uh Take the take take the uh, reins off of him and see what he has. Yeah, uh, you know he played a little bit last season too, not quite as much as uh, Jackson Sermon did, but he did play quite a bit. Um, he got he got on the field, I think, more in special teams and as a regular linebacker. Although he might have gotten in there too. Um, you know, I a guy that I I am excited to see because he's such a physical he he's such a physical presence and that's what he came into with a with a with a reputation of being a real physical guy can can uh really be an enforcer for you in the middle of the field um he's a straight up uh inside linebacker in my opinion and washington really likes the way he's downhill he's a guy who'll come up and fill that gap and be really strong at the point of attack really fun to watch him this spring walk on end of the year really made his presence known on special teams and uh, out of bishop gorman when you talk about him coach pete kind of you know, he gets that smile thing going, you know, like, yeah, I found this one. But uh, I'll let you pronounce his name. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to uh, try it because uh, it's at F1 Ulofosio. And, you uh, stumbled over that. Yeah, Dude. well, it's, yeah, at F1 Ulofosio. And uh, he's six foot, 226 pounds. Came in as an outside linebacker, so he could probably be an outside guy, but I think they like him more inside. Um, and he's a guy I will not be surprised if in the next couple of years he has a scholarship because he's that talented. One of three quarterbacks coming into the class, one of two quarterbacks that will be playing linebacker, Josh, Josh Calvert. Yeah, you know, it, what's, what's really cool about Josh Calvert is he was a guy who wasn't really on the radar for the Huskies last year. Uh, we knew Washington had offered him and, and stuff, but we just didn't hear a lot of rumors about where they stood with him. And then all of a sudden, things really picked up with them and him. And uh, 6'1", 227-pounder, like you said, Kim, played quarterback at Oaks Christian. And, and wasn't just that running quarterback that we talk about with, like, Drew Fowler, um, who uh, will be here in the fall, uh, played played uh, quarterback for the Bel Bellevue team and, and was more of a runner than anything. Um 
you know, Josh Calvert actually threw the ball. I think he threw for like close to a thousand yards, something like that, and and uh, was a stud at their middle linebacker spot and really, really good player. And and I think Washington was pretty excited to get him in. He's tough. He's intelligent. He can run. He can he can uh, you know hit. He's he's got it all. And I think he's a guy. If if there's one guy I had to say uh, from the uh, 2019 class that that may not end up. Uh, being able to redshirt, I think it's Joshua Cowart because I think he's got a college-ready body. And with him getting in here early, especially being in even three months before the start of spring football because he got here right after the first of the year, he's a guy who I wouldn't be surprised if he earns enough playing time to not redshirt this fall. Washington did really well in the state of Hawaii last year for this incoming recruiting class. But the guy that I keep kept hearing about that the coaches just absolutely loved and they thought he was the best player in Hawaii, Mickey Ayu. Yeah, Mickey Ayu, man. Uh, he's six foot, two hundred seven pounds, but he plays a lot bigger than that. He plays a lot more physical brand of football than that. And the unfortunate thing was, we really didn't get to see him his senior year because I think he blew out his his knee in either a second or third game. Maybe it was a fourth game, but uh, whatever it was, he blew out his knee, and and so he won't be participating in spring football. But he'll be there. He'll be kind of doing work on the side, and he'll be taking mental reps. They might even get him in for a few of the non-contact stuff. So um, I'm excited to watch this kid run because I think the coaches, one of the big reasons they liked him was how he ran and how physical he is and, and playing in space. And that he, he reminds a lot of people of a guy by the name of Keyshawn Bieria when he came out of high school, out of Narbonne High School. He was a smaller guy, grew into uh, being a bigger linebacker. I think what did what did, uh, he, what did graduate at? About 220, 225? Yeah, about 225. And yeah. And, and Keyshawn showed up at like 198. Yeah, so and and I mean, he was when when Keyshawn Bieria showed up at the University of Washington, I remember uh um uh Peter Sermon and uh coach Wilcox and uh Sarkeesian even saying, "Hey, this guy is what we call a spread killer." You know, a guy who can play in space, who's going to be able to close really fast and break down angles and everything like that. Mickey Ayu is that guy. As long as he gets fully recovered from his ACL tear, which I mean, I have you have to assume that's going to happen. But um, you know, I I'm excited to see this kid. I was really excited when Washington offered him because I think he's a special player and he brings that attitude that you really want on the football field. Uh, walk-on program with Coach Pete has done really, really well. And one of the guys that I think saw and, and eventually will see a lot of time on special teams, Ben Hines. Really good yeah. kid. Great family, by the way. Absolutely great kid and a great family. Um, comes from a really good program up there at Archbishop Murphy. He was a three-year starter up there. I mentioned in the in the write-up that uh, I did of, of the linebackers that if Hines was about two or three inches taller, he probably would have been a more coveted uh, player, especially by FCS schools. As it was, he had offers from a few FCS programs and a couple D2 programs that he turned down to come to the University of Washington. And he's another one like uh, at Efawan Ulafosio that I think could have a scholarship before it's all said and done. He's he's a really good instinctive player. Um, good recruiter too. He was teammates of Kyler Gordon. Did a yeah, good job of getting yeah. Kyler here. Did some work on him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he just needs uh, Ben Hines. If you're listening, Dad, if you're listening, you need to get Kyler Gordon here. You really do. But <laughs> <laughs> they already did. Yeah, that's the uh, Archbishop Murphy uh, haircut. Official haircut of the guys mm-hmm. from Archbishop Murphy. Love Kyler Gordon here. Uh, outside linebackers. Boy, you can talk about outside linebackers, Buck. Uh, boy, I don't even know what an outside linebacker is anymore. But Mr. Rice, why am I spacing on his first name? Miles Rice. Miles Rice. Miles Rice. Rice. Yeah. It seems like he's been here forever. 
he he does, and, and part of that's because he gray shirted that first year, uh, because he also tore his knee. Up. He's 6'3", 243, and he's on that all-get-off-the-bus-first team, you know, where, where there's certain guys that the way they look, you want him getting off the field. Miles Rice has that look. The thing about him, though, he just hasn't been able to find his way onto the field very much. He's seen a little bit of playing time here and there, uh, but uh, his specialty coming out of high school is getting after the quarterback, and he's just been kind of average at that. We haven't seen him really create those explosive plays, and I think the coaches want to see that more before they get him on the field. I don't think he plays well in reverse. I think that's another problem of his. But one of the things that Washington needs is that guy who can get quick pressure off the edge, and that's what he does pretty well. So if he can be consistent in doing that, you're going to see him at least at the very minimum as a situational pass rusher. He's a really good kid, really nice guy. I really want to see him succeed, and I think Washington Husky fans would like to see him succeed. We'll see what happens. Springle football is a good chance for him to show what he can do uh, once again, and uh, you know we'll just have to see with him. Another product of the walk-on program, and that's Ryan Bowman. And let's be honest, Scott, coming out of high school, I don't think anybody saw this kind of production from Ryan Bowman in the future. Yeah, I don't. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say I didn't see it. And uh, he's just got that knack for it because he's not going to blow you away. He's six foot, two hundred and sixty pounds. He's not going to blow you away with his with his uh, physicality or his his um, size or his athleticism or his speed or anything like that, but he's just got that knack for getting after the quarterback. He ended up with, I think, four or five uh, sacks last year, tied for the top on the team in that category, and um, really is a guy who can get quick pressure off the edge at times, but at other times he gets stymied. So he's another one like Miles Rice who, if he could be that situational pass rusher where Washington could really use his speed and aggressiveness off the edge, they would be much better off at the at the outside linebacker buck position. Duke has their Zion. Washington has theirs. Uh, an outside linebacker, uh, Zion uh, Fatui. Yeah, Zion Tupuola Fatui, man, uh, 6'3", 253. Came in looking a little skinny, but he has added some size and some bulk. He's about 253 pounds is what they have him listed at. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a little heavier than that. Um, he played really well last year in, in, in uh, fall camp, and the coaches liked him enough to throw him on the field. I think he got on against uh, North Dakota. He was one of the first uh, guys that I saw on the field um, as a regular player, not just on special teams. Um, and, you know, just really is a guy who the coaches, I think, want to see how he handles things. He's got long arms. He play, His arms are more like a guy who's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, rather than just 6'3", and so he can use that, that those arms to shed blockers and, and keep guys at bay while he holds the point, and I think that's going to be his biggest thing is how he fares against the run. I think he can rush the quarterback pretty well, but it's it's how he holds the edge against the run that's really going to determine how much playing time he gets this fall. This spring is his chance to really show what he's learned over the offseason. You know, we, we, we could say that about every player, but I think with these redshirt freshmen, I think the coaches really want to see how they've developed since they, they arrived last year, and uh, if he can show that he's ready to go. I mean, he's a physical specimen. One of the guys who started off kind of gangbusters out of the gate last year uh, kind of slowed down during the year we didn't see a lot of Ariel Nada um, I mean a guy who can really run really athletic he's kind of thin it'll be interesting to see how much weight he's put on but he's one of those guys that could it just seems like he could break out at any time Absolutely. You know, he's a redshirt sophomore, third year uh, sophomore, 6'2", 217 pounds. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being 
um, a little bit uh, heavier than that when, when we get to fall camp. Um, you know, he redshirted in 2017, got on the field first thing against Auburn, you know, toward the end of the game. He was the one getting the, the consistent pressure on the quarterback. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, like you said, Kim, he kind of fell off the cliff. We didn't see a lot of him for quite a while. And then in the Rose Bowl, we saw a little bit more of him and, and he was playing a little bit more. So I don't know if maybe he just got worn down, if, if maybe he was dealing with a minor injury because Coach Peterson doesn't really share that kind of information. So uh, we'll just have to see his progress and stuff. But I know the coaches really, really like him a lot. And I know they'd like to get him on the field more because he's a natural pass rusher. And he's got that speed off the edge that you just can't teach. Spring football starts on Wednesday. So looking forward to that. Pro Day is on Monday. All the NFL guys will be there for the NFL scouts. Uh, But football starts next week and nobody will cover it better. More in-depth than the guys from dogman.com. Again, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as uh, breaking news alerts, we'll get those to your inbox. All you need to do is send us a quick note, huskystadium at gmail.com, and we will get those out to you. Subject line newsletter, by the way. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, send the links to some of your friends. They're great to listen to. I know a lot of people like to listen to those on their commutes or just working around the house, and uh, it's a great alternative to you know being force-fed, whatever the radio stations putting on but uh, expect more from the podcast as we start to get some things ironed out with the network 24 7 sports and cbs some exciting things coming down the road when uh in terms of podcasts scott anything else you need to add on the linebackers uh not a lot you know this is a this is a group that's in a, a large amount of flux i mean you're talking about your outside linebacker um starter at Buck, it was uh, Benning Potoai the past couple years, and he's been listed by Washington as a defensive lineman now, so we don't even know if he's going to end up playing much, Buck. I'm sure they'll use him a little in that role, but I mean, you could be having a brand new starter at Buck, a brand new starter at Sam, because that's where the that's where Tevis Bartlett played most of the season. And then uh, at your inside linebacker spots, Ben Burkirvin has gone, you know, an All-American. So Washington really needs, has a lot of, of things to tinker with and figure out this, this spring. And, and that's, that's what is so great about spring is watching how they def- decide to use different guys. Well, yeah, um, I keep on saying, you know, you've got cover safeties that are like corners. You've got drop-down safeties that are like linebackers. You've got linebackers or defensive ends. And you've got defensive ends who twist and come on from the end inside so it's uh you know uh hard to label guys anymore especially guys yeah. like benny patoi yeah i mean i i grew up in the 70s and 80s and, and 90s you know that was where most of my football knowledge was developed and you had guys with defined roles you had four down linemen or three down linemen and three linebackers or four linebackers and four four dbs and now you've got sometimes six dbs playing but one of them's up at so close to the line he's more like a linebacker so yeah. you know you got defensive ends standing up and and being down in two or three or four point stance and i mean it's it's just crazy dn's dropping in coverage yeah. yeah i mean it's it's just, i mean greg Gaines dropped into coverage a couple times yeah so, so i mean it's just it's so different the way they use defenses defenses are so multiple nowadays part of that is just the way the offensive offenses have developed and I think the, the defense, in order to be able to adapt with them, has had to get more speed on the field. And that means you can't just have guys in straight-up roles. They've got to be moving around a lot more. All right. For all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eklund. Go dogs.